It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The briefing room is for anyone who wants to understand the perspective of law enforcement. It's an opportunity for us to talk about what cops are doing out on the street from day to day, why cops do what they do, and also to discuss where cops go out of bounds. When we're out on patrol, when we go to a call, when we make a traffic stop, it's not always about enforcement. What we're doing with the briefing room is we're trying to educate the public. It's not about a lecture. It's, you probably didn't know this is why the police are doing this. And hopefully we can provide the answers to our listeners. The Briefing Room launches January 27th, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I do Foist. Waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome here to episode 28 of the podcast and the chaos before the camera uh, was turned on pretty much, well, microphones, pretty much in, encapsulates what has been, I'll be honest, right, that's the most chaotic 24 hours you're ever going to see, Out, away from football anyway, for, for United fans, Ronaldo being sacked, then the Glazers releasing a statement confirming they're looking for investment, confirming what we waited nearly 20 years for, the fact that they're now putting the club up for sale. And then Jim Ratcliffe tonight, out of nowhere, James Ducker and Tom Morgan from The Telegraph saying that he's going to put a bid in. I mean, it's Christmas. It's, it's everything coming at once. Well, I wouldn't say the whole Ronaldo situation was Christmas. But, Bal, how you doing, mate? Uh, Alex, uh, I wouldn't say it's good to see you, but I don't really want to see you. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. We shall never speak of it again. <laughs> no, we should never speak of it again. Rule, rule number one, no one will ever speak about Portugal. Uh, be, no, <laughs> the first rule of stag camp. Oh, it was um, it was brutal, and I'm I'm still not recovered. Bow was just sitting there laughing, trying to get some juicy information. How you doing, Bow? Lovely to I'm see. Good. You. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Enjoying the World Cup. It's just, it's just like fucking football overload, isn't it? Four Every time, and they're all like horrible times. Like 
especially Man, when you've got kids, 7 p.m. It's just so 8 dull, though. And to fucking twat to asleep. It's so dull, mate. 7 p.m. is right in the middle. 5 p.m. 4 p.m. is in the middle of after school and then dinner time. And 7 p.m. This is very on brand for the podcast, isn't it? We're all just moaning about all these... Don't have kids. Very, very on brand for the podcast, because we do love it at home. But, um, yeah, good otherwise. Enjoying it so far. I'll tell you what, I missed I was watching a bit of that candy game earlier. They look pretty tasty. They look pretty good. What's the score? Yeah, they got done by so one nil, bought, one nil down. They're one nil the down, top. but they've they've had uh, like fifteen shots and Belgium only had three or something. Mate, Belgium's golden generation, they they were a good few years ago if they were gonna win the World Cup. I don't think I'm, they'll probably make it out of the groups and then just get knocked out by Spain or something. Hmm. Who looked absolutely good. mustard. But um, mate, let, let's let's just dive straight into it because there really is no time to waste. I don't want to start by talking about the Ronaldo situation, even though it's he's gone, of, bitch, be gone. I don't. I think that's all you really got to say. Um, it's done. He's gone. And yeah, thanks for memories, mate. Thanks mate, for memories. It, it wasn't even the biggest news of the day because of, he's what, he's probably absolutely fuming about that. He must be. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I mean, you look, United really is biggest club in the world because the biggest club the biggest news of the day wasn't even the fact that there was four world cup games it wasn't even the fact that was that uh that the day that saudi not uh beat arge as well yep. was it yeah. that day yeah, it was, it was yeah i think so yep yeah i think it was and then we got the news that made that we've been waiting like 17 years for broke from i think his name is mark Klarman from sky saying that the glazers are going to be releasing an official statement that they're looking for investment you know basically a convoluted way of saying clubs for sale Give me your bids. And the official statement came out around about 10 p.m. Um, what's your take on it? What, what, what's what's your initial reaction to it? And it's as I said, it's surely the news that we've been wanting for a, for a long, long... I didn't even know if it was ever going to come. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it's the best possible news we could get, isn't it? Like, you know, I think when... Uh, when you sort of first see a link like that in the WhatsApp, you have to really check the link really carefully to make sure it's not a link to some fucking horrible porn or something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but actually, no, it really was the news.sky.com. I'm like, hold a yeah, minute. Hold yeah. Up. yeah. And I think, you know, literally, as I just said, it's the, probably the best news we could possibly have. Now, I hope it's not, I hope it doesn't drag out for a long time. I hope that it's close. I mean, if they've, if they've put this statement out and they've briefed this out, then there must be, there must be potential suitors at the very least uh, sniffing around. I mean, the potential suitors are, well, one's come forward straight away. Um, we'll talk about Jim Ratcliffe in a bit. Um, I did a video on it today talking about the, um, I think it's the Dubai Investment Fund. That's if we, if because you can't, even if you, and we, we can have a little debate about it if you want, even if you can morally disagree with the idea of uh, state ownership. I mean, as United fans, we've kind of fought against it for a long time uh, with what's happened at City and Chelsea to a certain degree. But they're going forward. American owners, they're talking about the people who are interested in buying Chelsea. I'm not sure if they've actually got enough money to do it. But the Glazers doing it feels a little bit opportunistic timing-wise because the World Cup's on. I reckon that's on purpose, personally. I think like all the all the eyes are on football around the world and the eyes are out in the Middle East. Liverpool have obviously put themselves up for sale a couple of weeks ago. It, they've obviously, they obviously feel the need now, right, Bal, to, to come out mm. in public. That, that's 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 the Glazers' way of saying right, okay, who actually wants to buy us? They might, they, yeah. they, they must have been having convos behind the scenes for a long time, right? Yeah, I, I don't for a second believe that there's going to be this minority sale or a percentage of ownership sale because if you're this person coming in and providing investment, who of which is going to finance the 
the training ground, the stadium, the infrastructure rebuild. You wouldn't do that as a minority shareholder. No. You're not going to pump, pump that money into somebody else's business and let them take the fruit of your labor. So um, given all the intermediaries that are involved as well, um, I, th- I think it will be, oh, and I hope it will be a full, full-blown sale. Get them fucking out. Um, in regards to private or state ownership, I mean, is there any fucking rich billionaire who's covered himself in pure glory and not got any skeletons in the closet? It's always right. shit's gonna always come about out about someone or something mm-hmm. they've done this in the past. Um, it's impossible. So, it's impossible to become a billionaire in a capitalist yeah. society without stamping on someone on the way up, right? Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is. Manchester United don't need a sugar daddy. Manchester United just need to be able to spend what they earn and spend their their own money. Now, the issue we've got is that we've had 17 years of next to no investment in the club off the pitch because the the um, the quadrants were already pretty much signed off and covered and accounted for before they even bought the club. So you've got about 17 years worth of in- infrastructure to catch up on now without that initial cash injection. Yeah, that's gonna be difficult to do. Want, so you, I, I, you, I want, you need somebody with those billions. I mean, you get. Yeah. I suppose you, you you know in the same way that Chelsea was sold for around about two and a half billion, and that included a pledge for about a billion and a half to redevelop Stamford Bridge uh, and sort of the infrastructure of the club. You're gonna to have to presume. I mean, I suppose the Glazers don't give a shit about it, do they? They won't include that in the sale price. They'll just want as big a number as possible, and they don't really. Care. I, I don't know what due diligence they would have to do as owners uh, and what they are required to do or whether they can just get 7 billion and none of that's pledged to uh, all, all hypothetical numbers here because I've seen between Mate, I've seen between 4 and 9 billion as the different price tag so far if if you had like Jesus come in and offer them 6.9 billion and Skeletor came in and offered them a pound more under the condition that he would burn every inch of the club to the ground they'd take the extra quid that's how fucking mm-hmm. tight they are Right, yeah. we, we give me that sugar daddy. I don't care. We need we need someone to come in and build up the training ground. I want the best fucking gym facilities. I want us to be like the shining light in English football again by you know the end of this decade. You know, do you, do you, on the pitch, do you not think that's possible with Jim? Like, if Jim Ratcliffe comes in, do you think that's? Do you think I don't know. But, but I think the thing is with these with these sport washing regimes, what what um, cities lot have done to that part of Manchester has been. It's quite admirable, really. Like you know, the amount of money they put into that area, regenerating it. Um, you know, a lot, all these sort of things that they've done for the kids in that in that part of the city. You know, despite the fact, obviously, that the money where the money comes from is questionable, and there's all these ethical things. If you look at it in a microcosm of that, they've done they've done great things, and they've they've spared no expense. And you know, if we're going to get bought out by someone, um, they're going to be either either they're sort of you know someone like Jim Ratcliffe, where he's not not mega 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 rich and he's you know the club will be in reasonably good hands or you're going to get some some you know mega rich state washing uh sport washing state and i mean it could, wait, it could it could be another american owner but that's, that's well i don't want any americans you can't rule it out at this moment in time right because i just can't stand their capitalist mindset like they're they're just like you know because they'll come in and do the exact same thing as they if, if it's if it's sold to americans it'll be because they've looked at the glazers and they thought well they're onto a bit of a winner there and we'll have a bit more goodwill and we can, you know, perhaps perhaps we can copy their business model. Like, yeah, give me, give me, give me the sugar sugar daddies. That's what I want. I mean, it's also just a bit alarming is this has come on the back of Liverpool being put up for sale. You know, the two biggest football clubs by far in the, in this country. Um, 
both American owned. Now both up for sale or partial ownership, whatever you want to call it. But I think both will be sold. So is it a case of both? Of, I, mean, I, I purely think with Liverpool, I think their their ownership model took them as far as they can with the resources they have. And now I think they'll just slowly but surely fall behind City. They Klopp did a fantastic job. Now, obviously with our case is investment in the team has n- never really been an issue because we, we fucking spunk money left, right and centre. Um, it's the the management of it and having those people, the right people in the right places, making the right decisions, not twats like Woodward telling managers which players he should and shouldn't be signing. The, but then like, I, I agree with you there. We basically don't need, we don't need state funding to spend the money that we've got. We, we, we need a massive cash injection because of the 20 years of underinvestment in the infrastructure, right? That's going to be the big, and that's a big difference between United and Liverpool. If you were to sit there and, and put the two clubs side by side right now, and if, like, say I've got 10 billion, and I'm saying, which is the best investment? Liverpool is like a house that's kind of already been renovated. It's already, it's already got mm. an extra bedroom that's been built. They've already yeah. done a nice new kitchen downstairs. Where you look at old United and you go, well, shit me. Well, I can gut that straight away. I can put the extension on the back of it. You can see where your investment's going to return. Yeah, but I think, I think that's, that's why we need someone whose motive is not making money. It needs to be about, it needs to be about something different, whether it's, you know, I've, it's, this is this is never going to happen. But whether it's for a love love of the club, or as I said, for some ulterior motive of whether it's mm. sport washing, whether it's PR, whatever it might be, we, we, no, no no owner that wants to make money off of football is going to take us to where we we want to be. Mm. Not 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 I mean, not now. I mean, ultimately, from a value point of view, you talk about okay, United is the one. It's that full blown renovation. But when that renovation is complete, the value of that club is like essentially going into Chelsea, buying Chelsea, the area of London, I meant, or Fulham, wherever you want to call it, Knightsbridge, buying a shit rundown place and doing it up. That's going to be considerably worth more than something that's say, on point. East London. That's, that's, that's exactly my point. Like Liverpool right now is kind of a, a peak of a value. Like I, I don't think Liverpool, they've, they've tried and went toe-to-toe with City. They won one league, but ultimately they can't. They've fallen short now and they've gone off the wagon. They've already redeveloped two state two stands in Anfield. They've already built a new training ground. Like the investment in that squad is basically going to be the investment of that team. Whereas United mm. is is the whole shebang. Um like going back to what you said there, like I think Andy Mitten did an article on it earlier and must release a statement basically hinting towards the fact that the concept of a sports washing project isn't going to like they didn't they didn't say that i'm kind of putting words in their mouth there but they're basically saying that whoever the new owners have to be or going to be yeah whoever the new owners are going to be that they need to make sure that they look after the ethos and the culture of manchester united and you know those conversations is 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 that something that that jars where's me? that coming from what do you mean where's it coming from where's that information coming from the glazers are briefing that they want someone who's going to look after the ethos of the club is that what you're saying no, but I'm saying this is this is must saying. Look, right, okay, this is we good. We're going to get the glazes out, but this we have to make sure that we get the right owners, new owners in. Is what is effectively what must is saying their position, and and Andy Mitten is sort of supporting that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in an ideal world, it would be a consortium led by people who care about the club or who come from a local area. But if, I, I think that the 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 lot who who uh, who own City care about City. I think they they care about that area. I think they've they've shown that. I mean, the amount of investment they put in. So. 
I mean, look, I'm just glad the Glazers are out. Any, almost anyone is is better than them. And, uh, you know, the excitement that we'll, that we'll build when we get a new owner in, almost no matter who it is, I think, you know, will what, be great what, for the club. Look, right, if, what what do you expect? To, like, you mentioned it there already, saying, like, I want a quick I want a quick solution to this. I'd be very surprised, man. It took them 17 years to get to the point where they've said this. Uh, I'm going to be very surprised if this is going to be a quick fix. Um, mm. They want the bidding war. They put it public. They put it public at the same time Liverpool have put it public. Isn't it fucking weird? Liverpool and United, both well, that that tells time. me that that tells me that the Glazers wanted to sell, but they're thinking now that this that if Liverpool gets sold, then that's one that's one perspective buyer that they'll be missing out on. And it I also mean, goes to show you, by the way, that's proof right there. Had we beaten Brighton and Brentford, our team would look fucking different this year. Our t- we wouldn't have we wouldn't have gone out and spent money that money on Casemiro and Anthony mm. if, if yeah. because they protected the investment by. By doing that, mm. they didn't pay for it. They 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 pay for that by putting more debt on the club. But we, which kind of leads you to leads me to think now. Okay, well, the club is up for sale. You ain't going to go go out and start doing capital expenditure, are you? But that's on what I'm saying. They would in January. It. They would just go out and just get another seventeen million loan and put it on top of the extra debt. And whoever mm. whoever then buys the club, the debt is fifty sixty mil higher than I mean. I I'm I'm I don't I'm not I don't, I don't agree with Alex in the sense that I want a quick sale. It. It's got to be the right sale. Like the grass isn't always green on the other side, so I think that due diligence has got to be done properly. What is this person's um, intentions with this club? Because the very fact of the matter is, if if the Glazers were buying Manchester United now, how they bought it in two thousand and five, they wouldn't be allowed to buy it. Yeah, we, we, were, they were, they were we were sent to the fucking guinea pig. Well, they the couldn't FA. afford to buy it, could they? And even now. They, no, no, but the, the talking, worth talking, more than that. I'm talking about the, the leverage buyout. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, if they were coming in now, they couldn't afford to, to buy it. Mm, mm. Because so, the, the club, if they put this six billion pound price tag on the club, that's more than what their net worth is. What do you think about the price tag as well? Is that obviously, as I said, you're just looking at numbers between four and nine billion. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. That's like... It feels like people are guessing and I'm not really sure how you do it because I suppose I, there was a, there's a lad who writes for um, Red News. I think his Twitter account's Tone the Water. Um, he did a good diagram the other day. He was saying that if you're looking at the price makeup of Chelsea and like A was like the, the actual shares that existed and then in terms of the assets of the club and then in terms of future investment, all those three added together, boom, that was what you got as the actual valuation. You know, like United have got I think the Glazers own 113 million shares. There's about 50 million shares on the open market. Then you've got 600 mil worth of debt. And then you've got the actual asset of the football club on top of that. And then you've got the fact that they need... I can understand where some of these massive numbers are coming from because it really fucking stacks up. And United... I th- I saw United get called a unicorn. Right? In terms of sports franchises, or whatever you want to call it, sports brands, sports teams, they're right up there in the top five in the world, probably. Still, I would say we're still in the top five in the world. I don't know who yeah. else, like LA Lakers, maybe. The Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Red Sox, maybe. Nah. The Dallas Cowboys, because the football, the, the football stadium's worth like five billion by itself. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, u- ultimately, love them or hate them, we fucking obviously hate them. They're very, very good businessmen. They, they've made a lot of, lot of money. From this they're not good businessmen, man. You, you yeah, can make you can that. make you can make good money by being a shit. No, no, but yeah, in terms of they made a lot of money on this. I mean, in terms of the the commercial side, they made of a United, good investment, but they're not good businessmen. But I would say the commercial side of the club they built really well. 
in terms of the commercial, how, how much, you know, given how bad we were on the pitch and the commercial revenue in the earlier, early Woodward days was year upon year, we were getting new, a noodle sponsor, a brown ketchup sponsor, sponsors for everything we were getting. Yeah, that's, um, they switched to the um, regional sponsors. So we didn't just have global sponsors. We had uh, regional sponsors that went on. And, and I, th- I think for now, I think it's also a case of them as Americans thinking we need to get out of that country in terms of their biggest asset wise. Maybe that's them in, term, in terms of where they see British assets going. No, I, I, um, I, I, I don't know. To, to, obviously, the Premier League is, is in Britain, so technically you're correct, but it's just the way the Premier League's going. Like The amount that's required to invest... If for, for The Glazers' business model was always built around finishing in the top four, and that was it. That was the business model. But now you've got to spend so much to get in that top four. You've just mm-hmm. seen Newcastle bought by Saudi Arabia. It's the, the money that you need to spend now to get in the top four is going to be like 150, 200 mil, whereas back in the day... That was how much you needed to spend to win the Premier League. The numbers are just ridiculous, phenomenal. Like, well, who was it? Nottingham Forest. I mean, they'll probably go down anyway, but they spent like, what, 180 mil in the summer? Leeds spent over 100 mil, I think, as well. It's mm. it's just that the, the figures involved now. We spent Glazers... about 100 mil at the weekend. Oh, jeez. <laughs> mentioned it again. Rule number one. <laughs> I looked at my bank account and I, I honestly, I think I felt a tear forming in the back of my I've heart. not looked. I've not looked, looked yet. I'm Don't just waiting for it to get declined at Costa. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, right. How, how do you see the next next two months going? Say we had this conversation at the end of January. What would what would your expectation be of where we're at in terms of ownership? Well, I get the feeling that it's going to all unravel really quickly because that just seems to be the way things have gone lately in, in, in football, like the Ronaldo thing, you know, it, it all kicked off a couple of weeks ago, and now he's now he's been showing the door. The 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 Bailey thing uh, at Chelsea with uh, with Roman selling it, you know that happened super super quickly, much quicker than I thought. I think anybody expected. So I'm optimistic that you know, sort of by the time we're back playing football, that that we'll have, you know, the, the negotiations will be at least underway, um, and by the end of the season, that the, the club will be sold. I'm 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 pretty hopeful that by the end of this, by by the start of football next season, Manchester United should be owned by a different set of owners instead of the Glazers, and just that in itself is something that's massively worth celebrating. And I suppose if we're in, um, be kind of interesting to speak to Newcastle fans about this because they've kind of found themselves in a similar situation, right? They had Mike Ashley for fuck knows how many years, and then all of a sudden Saudi Arabia is coming along, and it's that moral quandary that they that that they that they've had that some of them had and it's a i definitely find myself looking at jim ratcliffe and i look at him a bit like it like a bit disney if you know what i mean he was born 10 miles from old trafford he's a united fan as a kid he's britain's richest man surely surely he would have the best interests of united at heart well that's I, I don't know whether i'm just disney thinking that but that's my natural instinct is to look towards jim ratcliffe as the best owner it very well might be. It very well might be, but as Alex pointed out, if somebody from across the pond comes and offers a tenner more, obviously not literally speaking a tenner more, but literally adds an, extra, adds an extra half a billion on the thingy, then what? Well, 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 Jim, we don't really give a shit about your fucking um, locality to United and your heritage, heritage and history with them. We're selling an asset 
you reckon that's probably why he's kind of gone early with the idea of going back with a formal bid because he knows the wave that's mm -hmm. about to come and, and he, he might just put like a time sensitive bid in say look this is mine accept it by this date or i'm not going to come back i mean that um press conference thing he did recently where he's he's pretty, pretty much licking their arse so joel and brian avram they're the lovely people um but and if manchester united was for sale which it's not then i would be interested in buying it so being interested in buying it and being able to afford what they want is two is two different things and he's always seemed like struck me as a person who's doesn't go he, go he goes head over heart his business is not going to kind of we were buying it we were going to fucking i'll remortgage my whole house i'll sell my wife and kids so let me know united yeah. i've got them priced up already <laughs> is it it's kind of black friday getting 20 percent off right yeah no fucking half packet yeah. of crisps so um i think i think Just he's joking. a bit more calculated with that because it's, it's very very dangerous where you start fucking making business decisions with the heart and it, it, it could be i'm not saying it will be it could be but there's been examples where things like this have kind of ended in tears i mean who was one that recently i was, I was reading about it there's another club by was bought by a no derby county yeah derby yeah. they were bought by they were bought by a fan and look what happened there so i mean i don't think we're anywhere near yeah, that realistically, kind of your, your 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 net worth, if you're going to buy a United, needs to be like twenty billion, right? He's worth what ten billion or something. It just doesn't seem like he can. Yeah, it's what I was saying on uh, I was saying on Twitter, like if Jim Ratcliffe buys United, he he's not going down the local Lloyd's and withdrawing money from a cash point. It's Ineos that would buy us, uh, and they we'd be a sports franchise of Ineos in the same way that they're a principal sponsor of Mercedes or they've bought Nice, and the yeah. revenues of Ineos were like. I think it was 65 billion last year when you include all the ventures, which I believe, because somebody tried to call me out on this on Twitter about 20 minutes before we went live. Um, I'm presuming that that include that 65 billion total for Ineos includes all their other ventures. So like they're invested in Nice, X, Y, Z. So Ineos, Ineos have got a lot of cash, right? They, I, I was in, the, in that, um, you know, that same interview you were talking about where he was uh, licking Jog Laser's ass. Mm. He was talking about the investments that Ineos is making. And they're about to make like two different investments that are worth between like four and six billion, like building this petrochemicals plant in Europe somewhere, building something in China that will make them the world's biggest petrochemicals producer. They've got cash. They've definitely got cash. And they clearly have got business minds. I, I want to try and do a bit of a deep dive. I said I'll do it before I got distracted into Nice and what he's actually done with Nice, because I think that'll be quite an interesting case study for United fans to understand, like, because they went a bit mad in the summer, didn't they? They bought like Aaron Ramsey. They bought like tons of English players. Yeah, I mean, if 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 that's right, and and he and his business are you know are in the position where they can afford, you would it imagine so. Like he would, he wouldn't go this far. He yeah, go public well, if they didn't have I don't the know. I don't it. know. It's, it's a good decent PR, isn't it? Getting your name in the papers for that sort of thing. But if, I mean, you know, if, if they can, that he's he'd be they'd be ideal. You know, that would be the ideal situation. <sighs> Look, how. How do you think it will go down among the wider United fan base? The idea of us becoming state-owned because of because of everything with City and because of everything that we've sort of kind of fought against to our core for so fucking long, we'd be in that same situation. Yeah, it's a bit of a if you can't beat them, join them sort of thing, isn't it? Mm. But I think you got to separate the. Like I said, I would say you what your your legacy fan and your 
your Twitter fans. Mate, my Twitter fan is just me- full of it. Like, give me that, sw- give me that sweet hour of money. Give me that oil money, yeah. baby. Inject it in my veins. I mean, that's going to be what they want, <laughs> right? Mm. Because because there's there's such football has become that now. Rather than you following a team for your own pleasure and satisfaction and enjoyment, it's a case of you're looking for those wins on social media. But as soon as, for example, Arsenal lose a game, you want to click on oh, let's see what happened on Arsenal fan TV. Um, and the game is changing. The game is changing. And- I want to win the fucking European Cup, pal. Like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at. Like, like, like if I, I know, like they used the word legacy fans when they were talking about the Super League, and it was something that jarred with you, with us a lot. But as as football really changed that much to the point now where we've just kind of got to accept that we need to be state owned to be able to compete at the very very highest level which is where which is the table that we want to sit at and we haven't sat at the table for so fucking long is it is it just not going to be possible without getting that sort of money no i don't think because like manchester united will always be an attractive proposition for for sponsors as long as you're doing well on the pitch now what what would be the cost of a new a total revamp of old trafford or rebuild plus a training ground. I think it's somewhere, what? somewhere in the region of it's a ballpark figure. But it's half a mil to a bill. It's somewhere in that round. It, it depends whether or not we it's do. Surely like, it's more. Surely. It, it, what, it depends what, if we what, do what the Spurs, What does Spurs Stadium cost? Seven hundred and fifty. I think their mortgage was something like that. Million. Okay. Well, yeah. That, yeah that's that, that's London as well. So you say okay, well, half a, half a billion pounds, and then you spend another half a billion on your training ground. So you're talking minimum a billion pounds worth of cash in, and the debt. Yeah, and the debt. Which is six hundred mil. So that's it's it's if run about one point six bill before you start putting a fucking valuation on what United is actually worth. That's like mm. the added. That's like the extra gherkins on a McDonald's menu. Mm. That's one point six billion worth of gherkins. Yatesy would love it, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It's uh, I can feel. I, I can see the um divide happening already because you'd be very surprised, right? If Dubai didn't come forward with an interest mm. for a bid, wouldn't you? Given, given what the, you know, Saudi's got Newcastle, Qatar's yeah. got PSG. That's where, the, that's where it's at, right? That's where it's at now. With with all what's going on in Russia, the the big money is China and Middle East, isn't it? I mean, mm. well, it, 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 if um, Ineos was interested, they'd have to sell Nice because uh, they're yeah. not allowed to play, play against each other. I don't know whether they'd have to sell, but you can't. I didn't realize that you couldn't play, you couldn't play each other in European competition. I didn't know that. Um, and then, well, if you say United and Nice are both in the Europa League or Champions League, they're not going to say, "Okay, well, they they can't play against each other." They they wouldn't do that. I've no idea. Don't, don't Man City own? What about what about like RB Leipzig and RB Red Bull? I mean, RB whatever it is, Salzburg. Salzburg, yeah, that's a good point. To be fair, and what about City? Don't they have several clubs? Ninety-seven clubs. I don't know who else I own. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know how it works, to be honest. I don't know if it's different entities. I need to look into that because I don't particularly know. But um, yeah, as I said, I, I can see this. I don't know how to, I don't know how I, fuck. It, like if we become <laughs> a state-owned club, it'd be like, fucking hell, it's happened. It wouldn't, it wouldn't change anything for us at all. Like we'd, we'd, we'd probably make jokes about it and, and we get, when we, you know, get banter about it off uh, on Twitter and stuff. But you'd still rock up at the away days. You'd still sing about fucking John O'Shea. You still sink fifteen pints of ale and and, and you go home, you know, happy with a win or, or or pissed off with a loss. Nothing will change at all, except for potentially we might get to some finals in the in in Europe and win some Premier League titles. 
that's all that will fucking change. And maybe we'll have the best stadium in the world, the best training ground in the world. Maybe kids around Salford and that area of Manchester will have, you know, the sort of facilities and, and the sort of opportunities that they get in uh, around Eastlands. Like, it's just like, imagine know. that, man. Like, imagine we, we, we rock up to Old Trafford in five years and it's brand new, like brand spanking brand new. Walking into I mean, this amazing state of the art old It's track. not fucking fit for purpose, mate. It's dangerous in there. Like it's in uh, in J Stand, it's the concourse is so small. It's like you can't get you can't get to the toilet, you can't get a beer, you get crushed in there if you're like inexperienced or if you've got kids with you. I would never take my kid into into J Stand. Like maybe maybe uh, TRA is a bit better, but I mean, um the listening I was listening on talks what today, obviously with the, the various different state on and so given just the overall seismic comparison between the clubs, so if if it was the Dubai Dubai Investment Fund, whoever they are, then United would go into another stratosphere in terms of clubs being the dwarf cities value in terms of the the the, the ownership value. Um, yes, Saudis will be more, but you'd rather be. You'd rather own Manchester United than you would Newcastle United all day long. So, I wonder why they I, didn't come in for United back then, Saudis. Well, it wasn't for sale. Well, Saudis, it, everything's for sale, mate. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Like, you wouldn't just randomly rock up to City and go, oh, hey, guys, I've got some money. Yeah, I'm... but if you knew, yeah, but United's different. You know, the there's discontent there. You know, the owners would be open to offers because of, you know, just the, the nature of their. Of who they are and their and their and their wealth, you know the fans want them out. Like, well, the, the the Super League thing was still bubbling away in the background at that time, and you didn't kind of have the the shit show that the English economy's turned into since then as well, post COVID. <laughs> um, post COVID, so, post Tory, mate. Fucking hell. Yeah, we're fucking post everything. <laughs> yeah, we, we got the yeah. Tories, the Tory plug in there, going to boys. Um, so. <laughs> Look, I'll ask you like one final question here. Do you think, um, like, if we were having this conversation in, I don't know, 2014, I imagine our re- our response to it would have been a lot more fierce to the idea of becoming a state-owned club. I think that the, the fact that we've been naff, well, has been polite for ten odd years, has definitely softened our stance. The fact that oil money is just it's infiltrated in so many ways into yeah. European football now. The idea of it and being against it, mm. it's harder because that's just the way the kind of the game's gone and the way the game's going. Like Chelsea came in and fucked it all up for everyone. Mm. Oil money has done that to another level that I, I don't think will go away. I just, I think hasn't, just... hasn't oil club won the Champions League yet? Well, City's mm. not won it and PSG's not won PSG. it. So, yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, it's not, it's not a guarantee, automatic guarantee. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, well, so going back eight years. Old Trafford wasn't in that dying yeah. old. Do you know what the the well, the parallels between United and the fucking British economy are like <laughs> so, like so similar. Like ten years back, things were all right. This is a nice place to live, you know. Like mm. if a, a banana didn't cost eighteen fifty or whatever it is now, you know. <laughs> but, back then, Old Trafford was still a great stadium. But since then, obviously, you've had several new stadiums. Um, the Spurs stadiums coming West Ham obviously had theirs with the fucking uh, Olympic handout Arsenal um, yeah. uh, Emirates was already there but Liverpool have now done theirs up City have, City have expanded Leicester theirs. got a new training Le- ground Leicester got a new training. Yeah. Liverpool have moved I think Arsenal have moved training grounds Chelsea have I'll be, so, 
I see that'll be a good video to do. I'm going to do that. Let me try and note that down whilst you keep speaking. What are we going to speak about while you're doing that, mate? I don't know. You can just keep talk, talking about yourself. You can talk about. Are you going to go do it? You're going to go do a tour of all the training grounds. No, I just think it'd be a good idea to do say like what has actually happened. If, you, if we compared 2022 to 2012 what was everyone's stadium and what was everyone's training ground and, and what is it now and who, who yeah. has actually changed yeah. you're probably looking at the majority of the premier league has done something whereas united has stood still yeah, yeah. i mean i mean i mean it's kind of coming on to the that ronaldo interview i don't everything he said was right in terms other than going for the manager that's the, that was the thing for me that's ultimately led to and where, where he's ended up <laughs> yeah, that, that's just um, some of it was t- some of it was tongue in cheek, and the way the way he said it, he was laughing. And I think it's just been portrayed in a different way, um, and plus Piers fucking loading answers, um, using um his lack of in well lack of English um clarity to kind of to advantage where preloading him with answers and say, oh, so th- this is what you're saying, um, but. You can't just suddenly say, "Oh yeah, we just jump on him." Oh yeah, he's brilliant. He's, he's he's called out the Glazers, called out the infrastructure, blah blah blah. But fact is, he left in two thousand and nine. He he knows the the club that he left, and then he's gone on to obviously Real Madrid for best part of nine years, Juventus, and he's seen how football infrastructure has evolved. So you would have then expect going back to United. 11 years, 12 years later, I think, you know what? Okay, well, be interesting to see how things have improved. And if you get in there and everything's the same, you're like, fuck me. Yeah. You the, same, still... the same tiles on the jacuzzi were, were missing yeah. or something. I mean, are you, are you yeah. still living in 2009? So it kind of, and, and me and you, Sam, said last week, the training ground is two, three, four, five times more important than having a nice shiny stadium because that's where yeah. the day-to-day work is done. That's where the training players. Yeah, and also you'll never replicate like what Old Trafford is on a match day. Like it's still of the big clubs in in England, it's still by far the best actual football ground for for atmosphere and things. You know, like a big big brand shiny bowl on the same site is is not what we want. Right, we want to keep Old Trafford. We just want to. I, 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 in something I, usable. I, I don't know how that's possible. I, I really have no idea. Yeah. How I mean, the J like you mentioned, Jason. Are, are you suddenly going to? Create a. Um, I don't know. I'm not an architect, Val, but yeah, no, but, but you can't. It's impossible. Like I went to the um, the Wolves game, um, the England game at the Wolves Stadium. It was in their new stand, and the concourse was fucking huge. It's like yeah. it, in Old Trafford, you like fucking sardines can't move. This was like the place looked half empty, and it was like 15 minutes before kickoff. There was that much space for you to walk around and stand yeah. with the beer. It was a nice Spurs is fucking class, isn't it? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I've not been to Spurs yet. So, oh, but yeah. I'd obviously I imagine been. very much. It's so ridiculous. It it's like, it's like, um, you know, like one of those brand new shopping centers. It's so, that's how, it, that's how it feels like with some mm. spectacular bar with like, um, you know, craft beer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I think, it, I think it's, it's, I think it's a bit it's hollow, but yeah. it's important. It's important to maintain the level of character, but, I just don't think. I think there's just so much, so many obstacles there. You've got the the South Stand rail track, um, then it's the overall shape of how the building is in terms of they need to they need to change the roof. These old this overbearing roof where you can't mm. hear one side of the stadium to the other. It's and that yeah, is, mate, it's that's not just worst. that. It, it, it's the fact that there has been 17 years. Like Bernabeu is getting redeveloped right now, but the Bernabeu's constantly have money injected into it, little bit by bit, and all of a sudden they had to do this big project. 
Old Trafford's just so far down the line that I'm just not sure whether it's feasible and sustainable to do that and continue playing in Old Trafford. Maybe if we played somewhere else for a couple of years, you could do that. But who the fuck's going to stadium share with us? Yeah, well, it's not going to, to be City. City, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they probably would. I mean, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Is there old stadium set up? No, of course not. Main road, no. Gene <laughs> uh, ever be fuming if we had like a season away from Old Trafford? <laughs> well, no, just... well, he wouldn't be fuming if we did it at Salford. Well, can you imagine? Can you imagine? He's not at Salford normal. Oh yeah, he's, he's not. He's Imagine the out. ballot. Imagine the ballot for home games like <laughs> Salford City. Or got one, in night, one in ninety-seven chance. Mate, yeah. just, buy, just buy everyone buy the, the uh, chip in and buy the flat in the block of apartments across the road, and yeah, you fifty of you on your balcony. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to think. Where, where possibly Everton's new stadium? If you could, they, they possibly might let you go and share. I mean, are they really going to build a new stadium? Then go, yeah, old track, yeah, United, you can move well, in. Well, I mean, when, when suddenly you're getting all that money coming in, it's probably pay, pay, it might pay for like a quarter of it. They say, oh, you know what? We're not playing, so let Man United use it on our off match days. Why not? Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, it'd be uh, it'd be quite. Wembley's, just, Wembley, Wembley's just not feasible. No, as much, no, even though as much as Alex's face is lighting up. <laughs> so I only live around the corner. <laughs> it, it, um, I think it'd be quite good if we could play at the Etihad and set their like attendance record. That'd be quite good. Plus, it would just it would just get fucking trashed. I remember when I used to work at United doing stewarding at my uni days. Uh, Liverpool Chelsea, the FA Cup semi final, and I was in the Stratford with the Chelsea fans, and Liverpool won. As you came down the stairs towards the concourse, even though they won, you just looked at the East Stand. And it was just fucking decimated. The seats, yeah, the stands, and then they pulled the toilets off the walls and graffiti and everything. You mean United fans ain't fucking le- less saints? Um, so <laughs> there's be a constant fucking bill of vandalism every home, every yeah, every, every game. But it'd be interesting to see. It's 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 just one facet of what's going to be. But fucking um, that's. And absolutely many, mad. many moons away, many moons away. I'm, I'm not sure how many moons away that is, but it's, it's it, the next 12 oh, months. Is, wow, man. Like, did Wigan Athletic go out of business in the end? Is their stadium standing? Can we use that? JJB. Is it still called a JJB? DW Stadium. There you go. Yeah, that's right. DW, wasn't that? Wasn't that Arthur's sister? DW? I think it was DW. Dave Whelan, wasn't it? The owner. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting distracted here. Do you, do you think? Do you think we owe Ronaldo any gratitude for for calling them out? Uh, this? I think it's coincidence. It, it, I I would say yes, but if people um, constructed their sentence properly, if they at the start of the sentence said this was a nothing but a self-serving interview by Ronaldo to get himself sacked, in which he said bad things against the Glazers, then I I would probably agree with it. But any suggestion that he some in some sort of heroic last stand. Fell on the knight. sword, fell on the sword at the end of the Shakespeare, and then like died as a hero, last like just waving away. No, fuck that. He didn't do that in any way, shape, or form. Like that's not what Ronaldo did. So it wasn't in the best interest of United. It was in the best interest of him getting sacked. Those mm. two things happened to agree with each other, with him calling out the Glazers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, like, the thing that I was annoyed most about was. Oh, he's gone for a man, the manager who's publicly backed him so much. Yeah, that's that. Um, yeah, that's just. I ridiculous. mean, and for example, okay, I was going to say better players. There's not many fucking better players than him, but 
There's so many times where players coming back from an injury or suspension where, you know what, the game's won, but we need fresh legs. Go on, go on just play, play the last two minutes, three minutes. He, he would have had the city thing not happened. Um, then yeah, he would. And like I said, the, there's nobody bigger than the manager, and and I'm glad his kind of first kind of that is a massive power shift, isn't it? At the club power power struggle because no, it's kind of set the boundary with players. You know what? I'm in fucking charge here. Well, he said it. This he's he's given the armband to Maguire and he's put him on the bench. He's he's played McTominay, who was good in in form. Boom, you're on the bench. Malasia's had a good few games. Now I'm going to drop you, take you off at halftime against Everton. Luke Shawcut. There's not been one player that's been exempt from the same rule. Whether you're 18 year old Garnacho or 37 year old five time Ballon d'Or winner Ronaldo, and I think that must have gained him so much respect inside that dressing room. That by the time, mate, I tell you what, right now that this has all come out and happened. Ronaldo must have been stinking out the place. If, if, oh, if, yeah. if, 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 if he must, it must have had a, neg- a negative impact inside. Uh, that. Why, why, are you, why are you chewing a fucking? What's Bart that you're White. chewing? It looks like you're chewing a, a squirrel snare or something. <laughs> nice, no, you know the you get the plastic tag you get on like new shoes and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. you not got you not got any like gum or floss or anything. Uh, I've already. <laughs> is, Wait, it, is, it too, is it too soon to ask if Garnacho will win more Ballon d'Ors than Ronaldo? Oh. <laughs> He's going to win every single one. He might get 11, yeah, yeah minimum. I, what? Uh, <laughs> separate conversation. Pete, I've been seeing people calling for him to get the number seven shirt, and, I, and I'm just no, like, nah. Yeah. I don't, Next I don't year, wanna, maybe. I don't want to see it. Too early. I mean, well, Sancho, I think Sancho will probably have, well, if he's still there. Yeah, you see, Sancho's doing some uh, some work with uh, a couple of coaches that Ten Hag recommended. A couple of te- couple of Dutch coaches. I think he'll I'm glad back. he's not at the World Cup. Actually, he's got a chance to go away and like. Mate, that's yeah. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't get an England team. That England team is dutty. There are it's ridiculous when you've got like Grealish, all the players on the bench there. He's as good as a, he's as good as that lot though. I mean, like, it's coming home. Ah, oh, he's so. He's, what, are you, what are you saying? Was right. your, your missus coming home? Was this? Was she out? <laughs> he it's doesn't come home. Right. He doesn't come home for weeks. He's sitting <laughs> by the back door. <laughs> oh, I thought I heard keys rattling. No, it was just the wind. <laughs> but um, sorry, that's me. That's my life. Yeah, that is your life. Yeah, I mean, I mean when, when do you when do United play in um, Spain? Twenty first. Oh, seventh and Lang's wedding. Okay, we play Cadiz and Real Betis. I think Cadiz. Yeah. Cadiz. I'd, I'd imagine there'd probably, there might be some sort of press conference or questions around there. I think that's the, the, the break of the World Cup, isn't it? I'll be interested to hear what Ten Hag's got to... I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Ten Hag's... It, it, managers rarely speak about anything to do with the owners, apart from just like your, your typical stuff, but they come out and said they're going to sell the club now. Mm-hmm. Puts him in a bit of a... you know. I can't imagine he expected this clusterfuck when he took the job mm-hmm. seven months ago, that their owner's going to leave and that Ronaldo would Literally, yeah. throw I, think he'll be, I think he'll be. I think he'll be relieved that Ronaldo's gone, though. Of course, he will. He's the bit. Ten Hag is the biggest winner out of everybody when it comes to this Ronaldo situation. Yeah. But it's also interesting now because those who are potentially sounding out Liverpool might think, "Hold on, fuck those scouse bastards! Fucking United are in the United are on the table." I mean, I they should be. They, so, they absolutely will be. Because, um, as I said, because of that investment concept, it it it, it depends what how much money someone wants to put in and how long they want to wait for the returns because United's going to have to be a longer term investment because they're going to have to spend so much up front. But eventually, if you do imagine you do that 
as the owner and you get United back to winning Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues again, you're going to be quids in. You are going to be mm -hmm. make, raking it in. And 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 because I don't think that uh, the Glazers are trying to say they've got like 1.1 billion fans. Mate, the app is poop. The website is poop. Like United are oh, crap. How bad is the website? They are so crap at actually giving anything to that 1 billion yeah. digital fans. If you get someone who knows what to do there... If if Rich is listening to this pod, he, he I, can't. I know a good SEO specialist. Yeah, <laughs> he can't update his bloody payment card. And I thought, oh, it's because he's being, it's because he's being an old fart. And I went in there for it on his account, and I couldn't do it either. I tried to do like that on the hour. plane on the way out. On the plane on the way out to Portugal, I was trying to do that for him. I think I'd sorted it actually. Yeah, he added, he added his card like seven times. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I thought this was going to be a half an hour pod anyway. Yeah, I know. Sorry, we got distracted. We'll wrap it up now. Look. <laughs> This is bit as I said. This is a conversation we've waited nearly twenty years for, um, and I'm I'm excited. I really am yeah. excited. I, I don't know what the conclusions of it's going to be, but I but I know it's going to be with the Glazers leaving the club, and ultimately, that's worth a little party. It is. We uh, with, got with Glazers out. We man, we're Glazers definitely out. having a party. I'm throwing. A, I'm throwing. A, I'm going to do a bus parade and get Barry from Eastenders singing on top of it. The Glazers out party. Oh, it's going to be cracking. Bring jelly and ice cream. Man, jelly and ice cream for everyone. It's going to be great. 100% with little like Malcolm Glazers, like <laughs> chocolate Malcolm Glazers. Ah, so uh, sick bastards, a lot of us. Anyway, look, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you follow where you, wherever you listen to it. Uh, and yeah, that was um, that was a pretty brutal week. But I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad Ronaldo's not here. <laughs> and, and the Glazers are leaving. Uh, I mean, what's not to like? Oh, the fucking Reds. <laughs> I let you do that. I didn't even stop it because I knew it was coming. I sat, I saw you preparing that for like 10 seconds. <laughs> now that's the ending. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Shelby Scott, the host of Scare You to Sleep a podcast where I tell you scary stories full of creepy sound effects and music that is soothing yet unsettling to help immerse you into a world of horror. This is a show for those of us who have realized horror can be a strange but relaxing escape from reality. Speaking of escapes, sometimes I lead you through guided nightmares, like a guided meditation, but instead of flowery meadows, I take you on a journey through your own personal nightmare. So come get lost in the terror with me. Now a proud part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, you can find Scary to Sleep wherever you get your podcasts. Sweet screams. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.